0: Lots of stuff to talk to Vaughn Palmer about this morning. He joins us now. Good morning, Vaughn. Yeah, good morning, Simi.
1: Nothing political happening over no. the weekend.
0: Zip zero. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we better get to it. Let's start looking at what happened federally. We have a new federal conservative leader.
1: Yeah, I uh, don't write regularly about federal politics, but I did check up out the speech by Polyev, the new conservative leader, on the weekend. Um, so a, a couple of things that jumped out at me, uh, having covered an awful lot of elections. The first was, you know, it was a it was a good, strong speech. I mean, he's a good speaker. And uh, he put some personal stuff in there that I didn't know about, that he was uh, raised by two school teachers, an adopted child. His wife is Spanish-Venezuelan immigrant. Um, some funny lines. But the, the thing that really struck me was um, the degree to which he is talking about the, the kind of the traditional things that politicians talked about, which is helping you pay your bills and um, dealing with taxes and cost of living, as I said, it, it wasn't shocking when I started writing about politics to hear politicians focusing on that. But I, it's interesting that Polyev has just picked up on that and just keeps hammering it all the time. I, I sort of come away thinking, if the federal liberals aren't worried about this guy, they should be.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, listening to that speech, because you're right. It was a very good one. It's going to make the next couple of years pretty interesting, I think. And then, of course, provincially, we have the BC Liberal by-election win. They must be pretty happy about that.
1: Yeah, they needed to win, but they won solidly. Uh, they Their share of the vote out there went back to where it was. Uh, it was a safe liberal riding for a long time, and <clears throat> they they came close to losing it last time in, in 2020, but they did very badly in the 2020 election everywhere. Uh, but they were right back to their share of the vote. 2017, uh, they broke 50%. And the NDP share of the vote there fell back to a more traditional voting pattern uh, they 're down at thirty percent, so in that way it was um, it was a suggestion that maybe the twenty twenty election was a fluke in b c and the old voting patterns are not as different uh, as we thought they might be, and to me, it points to the likelihood that the next provincial election, whenever it happens will be more like the ones we're familiar with, which is a close fight between Liberals and New Democrats.
0: Yeah, and let's also talk, though, about that B.C. Conservative share in this vote.
1: Yeah, the one thing that ought to concern the B.C. Liberals, and I'm sure it does, is the sudden emergence as a factor of the B.C. Conservatives. So they didn't even run candidates uh, in that riding in the past, so we don't know what their vote share really was, but... um, Coming from nowhere with an unknown candidate and admittedly an endorsement from uh, uh, John Rustad, who the Kevin Falcon kicked out of the Liberal caucus, uh, the Conservatives took 13% of the vote. So, you know, if, if that holds in a general election, uh, if you assume that a lot of those votes are uh, small-c Conservatives who might otherwise have voted Liberal, that could spell a lot of trouble for the BC Liberals. In the same way that a strong Green vote is assumed to some degree to come from the NDP column, a strong um, Conservative vote is presumed to come from the Liberal column. So you know, if if the NDP is looking for anything to cheer about in those results and there's not much, they're going to look at the Green vote, which collapsed. It went from 10% last time down to 3%. And I, I noticed that Andrew Weaver, the former leader of the Green Greens, who, who never misses a chance to put a knife into the back of his old party, is out on the weekend on social media saying, yeah, this is what happens with the Greens. They've thrown in the B.C. Greens have thrown in with the federal party. They've moved to the far left and they're alienating uh, the kind of voters who might otherwise vote for them, uh, maybe disaffected NDP voters.
0: Oh, boy. Never a dull moment with that kind of stuff. But, okay, so this whole conservative BC Liberal thing is so interesting, right? Because aren't the BC Liberals still thinking about that name change?
1: Yes, they're still thinking about the name change, Simi. They've launched a process uh, that will play out uh, actually about the same time that the NDP leadership race is over uh, in December uh, that will then lead to a vote among party members uh, on a choice, Uh they haven't said yet, but I'm assuming it will be something like uh, one question. Do you want to change the name to blah, blah, blah? Or do you want to stick with the name BC Liberal? And party members will be asked that. And then the party, if voters, party members vote for that, Simi, They'll have to be a rebranding exercises. Uh, we've all speculated that if E b takes over the leadership in December, he may seek an early election, probably will. In order to get his own mandate, uh, one, of the, one of the ironies of that is if he does do that, if, for example, he went for a spring election next year, it would, it would let the liberals off the hook on the name change because they might just say, well, you know, we don't have time to rebrand, so we're just going to have to stick with the old name and maybe we'll change the name after, after the election in hopes that they win the election and it'll be easier to change and rebrand when you're in government than in opposition.
0: Okay, that's going to be interesting, too, then. So all of this, like, can a by-election, though, Vaughn, really tell us or predict what's going to happen in the next election? Well, not
1: necessarily, but first of all, governments don't win by-elections very often and almost never when it's a seat held by the opposition. But by-elections do... You know, show that the, to some degree, the traditional strengths of the main parties. And that's where you go. Well, the one thing this by election may have told us is that we're drifting back to the traditional alignment in the province. The, The Liberals held on to a seat that they'd held in an area of Surrey that they'd held. So maybe all those Metro Vancouver. Uh, lower mainland seats that the Liberals lost right. in 2020 may go back to the same alignment. The other thing we get is, yes, the Conservatives' emergence is something that we're going to be analyzing going forward. Having said that, Simi, the voter turnout was low because that's the other thing we know about yes. by-elections, especially ones that are held in August, uh, and because that's when the campaign started. Uh, just under 20% Oof. turnout. It was over 50 percent turnout, even in the 2020 election, where turnout dropped. And in 2017, 60 percent of the voters in that riding voted. So, uh, you know, you don't make too much of it. But uh, it's uh, an an early warning sign of where we're probably headed politically in B.C.
0: So interesting. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye bye, Simi.